This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The Glossing Detangler and Perfect Conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back to another episode of Seeing Other People. Together, we're navigating modern dating alongside experts and real life daters who are sharing their stories. Don't have a date for tonight? No problem. Come learn, laugh, and maybe even cry along with us as we navigate the dating scene together. All right. Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. I am really excited for today's episode. I'm so honored to be here with today's guest. Dr. Rachel, welcome to Seeing Other People. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you. So thank you. I feel like we met a few months back. Maybe it was only like a month and a half ago. I don't even know. I know. But it was this like instant like, oh, we need to do this. Yes, absolutely. So you are a clinical psychologist. You focus on stress, eating behaviors, um, you kind of like a holistic health approach. You're also a clinical assistant professor at yes, NYU. Correct. So cool. Yes. Tell me, like, how did you end up in this field or in this corner of your field? Because I feel like it's very specific. Yeah, it's a kind of a loaded question. Um, As but I'm gonna it give always the cl- is. right. I'll give the Cliff Notes version. Um, so, so I actually danced growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and went. like went to college my freshman year for a dance but I'm from a very small town in the middle of nowhere in Maryland so although I danced I wasn't exposed to like disordered eating behaviors or eating disorders in the dance world that most of us know about Mm -hmm. until I went to college and then I just kind of witnessed a lot of disordered eating and quickly decided wow I'm really fascinated by this and curious to understand what's going on in the brain and with different things so I decided to go into psychology and specialize in that. So I, st- I transferred colleges, transferred majors, went into psychology, and um, just kind of realized that I had this really big interest in like helping people become healthier mm-hmm. and whatever that looks like. So I kind of did a minor in health education and nutrition and majored in psychology and then went on knowing I wanted to go on for my doctorate and then really specialized in eating disorders in my doctorate training and quickly realized I want to help the average person get healthier, 
which is really just helping people, you know, with their mindset, but also maybe, maybe shedding a few pounds or like, you know, making healthier choices and the behaviors around that. And then it just kind of led one thing to another from my internship. Then I got a grant to stay on um, at the Medical University of South Carolina to do a brain imaging study on individuals who had bariatric surgery. So like the shift kind of continued to continue. And then I knew I wanted to come back to New York, got a job at NYU. And um, now it's been, I mean, I left my job at Bellevue, actually at Bellevue Hospital, which is affiliated with NYU Mm -hmm. in 2016. I keep saying for five years that I left, but it's been longer than five years now. (laughs) We're all stuck in a year. Oh my God, it's true. It's been 2012 for me for a very long time. I don't know why. And then it was 2016 for a bit. Now it's like still 2020, right? Yeah. (laughs) Except like a normal 2020, a parallel universe 2020. Agreed. I was stuck at age 27 for a while. Yeah. But I'm not 27. (laughs) I could be. (laughs) Um, So yeah. So and then one thing led to another. I decided to leave that job because I was getting lots of amazing opportunities that I didn't want to turn down. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, then I started my private practice and then the pandemic happened and a mental health crisis happened. Yeah. And that's where I am now. Wow. <laughs> Very fall. I don't like to use the word busy. Very fall in what I do, seeing clients, but also doing lots of other things. I literally am obsessed with that. You just said that being like full and not busy. And I think that's something that I need to incorporate, yeah. like that little mindset shift. It's a huge shift. Because I, and I've been working on this a lot where I feel like I complain so much about how many things I have to do, but it's like, I chose to do this and yeah, I could be really busy, but it's a good thing that I'm busy. And so instead of complaining about I'm busy, I'm trying to be grateful that I'm busy, but I I like full. Yeah. So when I think of busy, I think of like running errands. Mm -hmm. And when I say to somebody I'm busy, I'm like, but I'm actually not busy because like you, I'm grateful that I love what I do and I'm passionate about it and I, I love it. So it doesn't feel busy. So it's it's all about the language and and I talk a lot about that actually like the power of our language and that mindset shift how words really matter and I know we're going to get to dating but since I since that's top of mind right now it's like I even tell some of my clients like think of it like you're going on a friend like like going out with a friend you're you know you're going to meet somebody new it, you don't have to use the word dating yeah and I think it's a big shift in terms of how people feel when you say I'm going on a date versus I'm going out for a coffee meeting or something yeah. like that I think you're exactly right. Like considering something a date puts so much pressure on it where it's like, well, it has to go well versus you're just going to see if you can have a good conversation and want to go meet up with this person again Again. and have another conversation with them. It's so true. And it makes a really big difference. Yeah, it does. One question that – one thing you mentioned in your story that I was really intrigued by was that you said growing up like in the dance world – you didn't feel like you were you weren't exposed to eating disorders and eating behaviors, but were they happening around you? You just didn't have like the terms for them or the awareness of them? Because I can't imagine being in that world and those things not happening. Yeah, it's interesting because I think about that often, but there wasn't the pressure. Like I, I think about my dance teacher and there was no pressure. There was no like certain shape, size that had to fit a certain mold. Like we were always told – to be a successful dancer, you have to do ballet for like the form. Like ballet was not my thing, but I did it every year. Um, but it wasn't like you don't look like a ballerina, you know, or, or anything like that. So I actually don't think – and it's interesting because I have a good friend that we grew up dancing together that we're both now runners. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious because I want to ask her what she thought because I don't think I was just like in my own world that I didn't see it. Yeah. I do know that 
and I don't know if my mom tried very hard for this or not, but like growing up, I also wasn't around a mom that dieted or talked about any of this. So I really feel like I wasn't exposed to it, but I don't feel like I was like sheltered yeah, either. That's great. You know? That's great. Yeah, I, 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 I was just surprised great. to hear yeah. that because I feel like that's so rare when it comes to something like dancing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm going to yeah. ask my friend when yeah. I when we see Report each other back. soon. Yeah. Know. Yeah. So. Maybe, maybe I just wasn't aware of it. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk about where your work intersects with dating and relationships. What are the biggest problems that you're seeing some of your clients are facing on a day-to-day basis, whether it relates to their body image, their eating habits, their stress, or confidence, anything like that, but tied into dating and relationships? Yeah. So people don't come to me specifically for, you know, dating or feeling stuck in terms of relationships, but it comes up, right? Because we're talking about everything that's going on in people's lives. So I would say most of the time people come to me, you know, maybe feeling stuck in life Mm -hmm. or like stress-related things, body image, disordered eating, um, and then it comes up. So a lot of my clients are single and dating and it's impacting, you know, it's it's a stressor, right? If if they want to get married, if they want to date, if they want to have a family. So it comes up. And I think a lot of times the things that I see often or we talk about is body image feeling confident enough, you know, to go on a date, to feel good about themselves, body image, self-esteem, all of that. And I would say, you know, kind of like then what happens, right? Like you go on a date, the person doesn't reach back out. They don't call. They don't text. What does that mean about me? And kind of internalizing all of those non, you know, like the messages that aren't really messages, but maybe they're messages, Mm -hmm. right? Kind of like the anxiety about it, right? Because then you can start thinking, well, what does this mean about me? Oh my God, I didn't didn't get a text message. I didn't get a call. And that thinking can really start spiraling and people can feel really overwhelmed as well as anxious and start, you know, feeling bad about themselves. Yeah. I know you post a lot of content about like reminding people that they are enough and that has resonated with me a lot because I think there were so many points throughout my singlehood and dating in my 20s where everything that was happening to me just reinforced this idea that I wasn't enough. Right. And whether that was getting ghosted or having feelings for somebody who sent me a rejection text or seeing other people on social media who I thought looked better than me and they were in relationships, like every single thing, every piece of information that I digested made me like affirmed that I wasn't enough. Right. Yeah. And and all of that plays into our thoughts, right? So like I do something called cognitive behavioral therapy and the basis of it is how our thoughts, emotions, and behaviors are all linked. Mm-hmm. And these messages that we get, like we get messages everywhere, every day, right? It could be from social media. It could be from media. It could be from friends, family, dating, it could be internal messages, but we internalize these messages. So if you're not getting a call back, if you're being ghosted, you start thinking, what's wrong with me? Then you go to social media and you start comparing. Then you're like, well, really what's wrong with me? Oh, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not this enough. That's why I didn't get, you know, this date. And, And it's hard because those messages are there, but it's how we interpret them and what we do with them. And the same thing as with language, right? If we think about our self talk. How are we speaking to ourselves? Like that that I'm not good enough is coming perhaps from an external source, but we're internalizing it. And now we start believing we're not good enough because we're telling ourselves we're not good enough as well. 
you guys know that I struggle with confidence. I'm always my biggest critic, and when I notice something about myself that I don't like, I can't stop fixating on it. I'm working on all of this, but it can be hard. A year ago, I noticed that my hair was thinning, and I was finding more and more strands of hair on the floor every time I would walk around my apartment. When I would look down in the shower, I would freak out at what I saw in the drain. That's when I opened up to my best friend, who happens to be a doctor, and she said two things that changed my life. The first was that she knows so many women our age going through the same thing. The second is that she told me to try Nutrafol. And so I did. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. A year later and a month before my wedding, and I cannot believe the number of people who have been complimenting how long, strong, and healthy my hair looks. I never imagined that this would happen. And naturally, as a result, my confidence has transformed. I'm no longer self-conscious when it comes to my hair. And honestly, that is a huge, huge, huge personal win for me. And you guys know I'm hilariously bad at sticking with habits and taking something every day or doing something every day. But with Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online with no prescription required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure that you'll never miss a day. You'll see results in three to six months. And trust me, it is worth the wait. You can start so easily by taking their hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering the Seeing Other People family $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code SEEINGOTHERPEOPLE. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code SEEINGOTHERPEOPLE. That's Nutrafol.com promo code SEEINGOTHERPEOPLE. Brave the uncomfortable. Those are the words engraved on my bracelet that have gotten me through some of the most anxiety-inducing moments over the last few years. And that's why I could not be more excited to encourage you all to get a Presently bracelet of your own with a phrase that resonates with you. Presently is a line of mindfulness bracelets engraved with words inspired by cognitive behavioral therapy. The brand was started by two sisters, Lindsay and Emily, who have obsessive compulsive disorder, aka OCD, and anxiety. They realized that when stuck in an anxiety spiral, it's hard to put into practice the tools that they learned in therapy sessions. They looked and looked for bracelets that could serve as reminders to interrupt that spiral, but they couldn't find anything besides the cheesy good vibes only and no bad days types of messaging. They started presently to bring more authenticity to self-help anxiety management. And as someone who has had a presently bracelet for three years, I mean it when I say it really makes a difference. So whether you need encouragement to make it onto that date that you've been anxious about, a calming mantra to get you through a big day at work, or simply a reminder that you're not alone presently has your back. Their bracelets are so beautiful and elevated, and they also make amazing gifts. And I know because I have gifted a few over the years, and my friends were so excited to get one and have worn them ever since. There are six phrases to choose from. And if you're indecisive, there's a quiz that you can take to help you choose the perfect reminder for your anxiety. Plus, 5% of each bracelet is donated to your choice of four mental health nonprofits. I wholeheartedly love and support Presently, and I know that your Presently bracelet will bring you as much comfort as mine has brought me. So head to presentlybracelets.com. That's P-R-E-S-E-N-T-L-Y bracelets.com for 10% off your order using code seeing other people. Yeah. How much work does it take to turn that around when, you know, there are a lot of listeners and friends that I have that they've been telling themselves this because they feel like the world has been telling themselves this for years at this point where they really have almost lost hope that they'll ever find their person or that they'll ever even like get a guy on a dating app that they'd be excited about. 
how can so they it's, yeah it's work yeah I, I mean I hate to say it but it's work and I and I tell my clients that because what we have to do is our like I'm going to explain it kind of in a in an easy way our brain gets stamped say like with an image or with a thought so maybe the thought is I'm not good enough and you've been repeating it and repeating it and repeating it to yourself so it's work, but we can rewire and retrain our brains. And I think that's so important for people to know that it's going to take work. It's going to take repetition and being consistent, but by shifting it, saying something differently, using that self-talk over and over and over again, just like now that has been you know, in your head, mm-hmm. you, can, you can shift it and, and make that different, but it takes that repetition and being consistent and patient, but it's possible. And the key is not to make it like completely positive and unrealistic either. Mm -hmm. So like if we wanted to say instead of I'm not good enough, if you wanted to say like I'm a failure, like I don't want you to then say to yourself I'm a success necessarily. Right. Because it might not be true. Yeah. But maybe making it more neutral. Like I don't know if I'm going to get this other date, but I tried my best. Right. As opposed Mm -hmm. to I know it's not going to happen. Or simply I am good enough, but then you have to believe it. So then I would actually, what I would tell people to do is make a list. You know, like let's identify what it is to be good enough or examine the evidence that you're not good enough. Mm -hmm. And we, yes, I'm sure we can all come up with, I didn't get this second date. I didn't get this job. But there's so many things that you did do or that you did do good enough at and people minimize those. Why do we do that? Like why do we just focus on the negative things about ourselves? I do it. All the time. I have so much to be proud of. And I never take a minute to just say like, wow, I can't believe I did all this stuff. I just focus on the negative. Well, that's what our brains do. Why? That's, we're we're right. I hate to say it, but that is how we are wired. And it takes work. But And that's why exactly I, I was supervising psychiatry residents this morning. And I was telling them about one of their clients. And I was like, I actually want you to sit with them and say like, I want you to take a moment to acknowledge this accomplishment. Because we don't. Like, we just don't. We we pass over. Oh, I did that. I did that. I did that. On to the next one. And that's exactly why. Yeah. But if we focus on the negatives, we are, we're giving it attention already. Mm-hmm. We're not giving attention to the good stuff. But we need to. We have to be our own cheerleaders because who else is going to be? Yeah. It is so interesting, too, how what you said about, like, going from a failure to success to not define it like that because – also, our definition of success is constantly changing. And so, okay, let's say our goal or what success is to us is like getting to a third date. But then what? You get to a third date. like right. That doesn't solve your problems. Right. Or I, I talk about this a lot where I fully, wholeheartedly believed that once I got a boyfriend, all of my problems would be solved. It's funny you say that because I have a post coming out soon, I think, about that. <laughs> but but right, and, and I hear that often with people trying to lose weight also. Mm-hmm. Like, like once I lose 15 pounds, then right. I will start dating. Able- yes. I hear it all the time. And I'm like, okay, so life is going to go by and we're going to wait, wait, wait. And then what? And then what? So you mm-hmm. lost the, the whatever pounds. Then you have the boyfriend. But guess what? Life still happens. Life still happens. Also, what about all of those people who would have seen – so many positive things in you and all the things that you had to offer when you were 15 pounds heavier. Exactly. Those are the person, that's the person you want to be with. Right. Not the person who only likes you and is attracted to you once you've lost that weight. It's so true. And we ignore all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. How much do you think social media plays into this idea of comparison or feeling like we're not good enough? 
100%. Like <laughs> maybe not 100, but pretty close yeah. to it. So, I mean, social media, look, we met kind of through social media in a mm-hmm. way, is great for lots of reasons. But I also think it's really not helpful for our mental well-being for many reasons. It is so easy to go on our phones and just swipe and just start comparing because, once again, that's where our brain goes to. We compare. We're humans. That's what we do. But it's once again, it's what we do with it, right? right? It's like, okay, I acknowledge this and now what am I going to do with this information? But comparison, feeling like we're not good enough because we're comparing – Social media is a highlight reel, and it's really hard to remember that when people are tired, stressed, or emotional. And that's important to remember because when we're swiping mindlessly because we need a distraction is probably when we're tired or we had a rough day, want a distraction, but it's now not serving that purpose because now we're seeing something and our brain goes to, oh, well, they're X, Y, Z, and I'm not. Yeah. Or they got that thing that I wanted or they went to that place that I've been wanting to go to and now what's the point even? <laughs> like exactly. or it's just never going to happen. Right. And what's important to remember is we don't know the journey that they took to get there. Yeah. We don't know anything. Right? We don't know if they're happy. Right. Exactly. Nobody, nobody is ever as happy as they look like they are on Instagram. Nobody. True statement. <laughs> so true. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. Nobody is ever as happy. And I feel like I try and make a conscious effort of that, but it's impossible because I could post sad, 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 anxious, stressed, busy slash full all day long. And then when someone else is having a bad day and they see me post something positive, it might trigger them. Exactly. It's Yeah. It's interesting you say that because being a psychologist on social media, it's something I think about all the time. I have to think about my community and what they are going through and how they're going to perceive what I'm sharing. Mm -hmm. And obviously, I can't get it right every time, right? And I'm not going to, you know, I I can't think about every single situation in life. But it is something that I think about, you know, is, is this going to be triggering for somebody that may be depressed right now? Or is this going to be triggering for somebody that really is struggling to get out of bed or maybe is trying to do X, Y, Z? Um, so it's it's difficult, but we, you know, social media is there for a purpose and for a reason. And I think it's okay to show mostly the happy times as long as people remember yeah. that we are consumers of information and what you are consuming may not necessarily be the whole story. Yeah. So to be mindful of what you're consuming. Yeah, to be mindful and to also check in with yourself. Like if yes. you... I think there's so much power in realizing when you're not okay or when something is negatively impacting you. And if you're scrolling, 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 or like you know a certain day is coming up that's going to make you like hate everything, don't go on social media. It's only going to make it worse. Or if there's somebody who for some reason you're really jealous of them or, you know, they're on this trip with their new partner, even if it's a friend, like even if it's one of your best friends, you can mute them. Absolutely. Or just don't check. You don't need to know every single thing that they're doing at all times if it's not serving you. You don't need to. It's so true. And I say that to my clients often when they're, you know, having tough days. I specifically, there's one client I have in mind and I'm like, don't go on social media today. I'm like, today's not your day. Just, yeah. just don't you do don't it. Need to. Right. And it, and when, and and that's the the key is that check in. Mm-hmm. And I talk a lot about that. You know, in terms of checking in with yourselves, what do I need right now, or what's working for me and what's not working for me? Yeah. Maybe it's not working for you to go on social media at those times. Mm-hmm. It's not helping. Don't do it. Yeah. I want to talk about disordered eating in relation to dating 
because while it doesn't necessarily impact every single person listening, we also never know who we're going to be sitting across the table from on a date. And I do think, I mean, I'd say most people that I know have experienced at one point or another some form of disordered eating. So I'm curious the way that you see it showing up for people in their dating lives and just any advice you have for anyone going through it or for anyone who hears somebody talking about it. Yeah. So it, it's tough. And, and I agree. A lot of people, unfortunately, have some form of disordered eating. And once again, I think we can think a little bit of social media for that as well. Uh-huh. Um, and, and dating can be tough if you are going through something with disordered eating or, or even an eating disorder. It can be very tough, right? Like most dates, although it doesn't have to be, most dates, unfortunately, involve, involve food or drinking, yeah. right? So I think, once again, going back to that check-in with yourself, I think checking in with yourself and being feeling confident enough to put yourself in this situation and I think being vocal and not, not telling your whole life story, but being vocal about like, I don't want that. Thank you. You know, like, like if you don't want to drink, say, um, you know, not feeling peer pressure to drink or eat something that you may not want to, I think is really important. And I think also let's break this idea that you have to, that women, and I'm going to really generalize right now, but break this idea that women have to go and order a salad, right? You don't have to if you don't want to. Definitely not. Right. Definitely not. Agreed. (laughs) Um, But something like that. But I think being honest with yourself and also maybe going out to dinner isn't a good first date for you. And that's okay. Like maybe suggest going on, you know, a walk in the park instead or checking out some new pop-up. I mean, obviously we live in New York City, so there's lots of cool yeah. things always you going go on. go to a coffee shop and if you don't drink coffee, you can get tea. Exactly. Right. You don't have to do something around even food or drinking if you don't want to. And I think that's really important because it can be tough for sure. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. When I first started seeing other people, some of my closest friends and family could not believe it. Not because they didn't think I was capable of being a podcast host, but because I usually can't get through a sentence without sniffling. And during allergy season, forget about it. My seasonal allergies are debilitating, and my sinus congestion and pressure has always left me feeling so sick. But luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Claritin D has truly transformed my life. Not only can I breathe better and sleep better since taking Claritin D, but I also can get through the day so much smoother. I used to have to cancel plans because of how bad my allergies were. I'd go through a tissue box a week, sometimes more, and my eyes were always watery. But Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes, and it tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. It's truly the greatest thing I've ever come across and I am so grateful that I found it and started using it. Are you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Raise your hand if you have dating anxiety. All right. All right. I know that everyone has their hands up and I get it. 
I had debilitating anxiety when I was single. And even when I first started dating Jake, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I know that is not a good way to feel and that is not a fun way to date. And I get it. It can be hard to find an anxiety relief tactic that works for you. That's why I'm so excited to introduce you to a new one that has helped me dramatically with my wedding and work stress and anxiety over the last few months. And trust me, there's been a lot of it. Sunset Lake CBD is an amazing company that not only has helped me feel so much better, but they also have a really cool history and mission. Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. As farmers, they believe in providing only top-shelf CBD and hemp products at fair prices. So they cut out the middlemen and they ship their CBD straight from their farm to your door, which means that their CBD is affordable and trusted because CBD and anxiety relief can help everyone and they want it to be accessible to anyone. Trust me when I say that when I'm stressed or anxious, my sleep is the first thing to go. But despite everything I have going on right now, I've been taking a sleep gummy before bed and my sleep scores on my aura ring have been through the roof. Plus, I'm finding myself relaxing more at night and being able to turn off my work brain and my anxiety with the help of their CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews. Whether you want to sleep better, relax better, focus better, recover better, or anything in between, Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. So check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use code SOP for 20% off your order. That's code SOP for 20% off farmer-owned, Vermont-grown Sunset Lake CBD. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion and I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks, but with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people, listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Do you think there are certain cases or certain situations where somebody should take a break from dating or maybe not prioritize dating if they're so worked up and fearing what happens when the menu comes or if they like really if they get a drink and they feel pressure to like when is it probably better to put dating on the back burner and focus on healing or just getting through what you're going through right now. Yeah. And we can actually swap that out even for like anything you're going through. Yeah. Right. Like if something you're going through that you're really struggling and it's going to be the only thing you're thinking about when you're out on the date, it's probably time to put a pause, right? To focus on you, your wellness, your well-being, recovery or whatever you need to do. Um, but I think I think that's the key. If you aren't capable of going on the date and being present to a degree um, 
and, and if it's impacting your daily functioning. So that, that's something we always say. If whatever you're going through starts impacting your daily functioning is, and is distressful to you, it is time to seek treatment. And I would say putting dating on hold. If dating can be a positive distraction and it's not going to be triggering, even though you're in recovery or healing or you know in treatment or, or anything – go for it. You Mm -hmm. know, if it's a positive thing for you and bringing you joy. Yeah, definitely. If someone were to open up on a date in realistically, this would probably be like a third, fourth, fifth, sixth date type of conversation about any type of like eating disorder or body image related struggles that they've had or are currently facing. What would be a positive, supportive response for the other person to give? So great question. Um, I think, you know, similarly, it could be we're sharing anything very personal yeah. with somebody. Yeah. And and I think the the best thing for the person to respond to say, or rather, I'm not going to give a specific example, but rather you want to show that you're listening and that you're hearing the person. So it could be, and, and thanking them, you know, like, mm-hmm. thank you for being so honest. I appreciate that. Or I'm sorry you're going through that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, of course, like a therapist, like, how is that for you? But you're, you don't want to do that. Um, but something like that to show that you heard them. So I think another thing that they could do is ask, like, how could I best support you? And think about that in terms of dating, right? So maybe going, like maybe then saying, oh, well, next time let's do this instead. Maybe we don't need to go have a meal together if that's triggering or difficult for you. But I think it's just really important that people are – you know, they're opening up to you. Like, make sure you're listening and make sure that the other person knows that you hear what they're saying. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's great advice. And I guess when in doubt, think about whatever you have internally that you're afraid to talk about and how you would want somebody to respond to that because we all have something. Right. And I think that's always a great go-to. Like, think about how you would want a friend or somebody to respond to what you are about to share. Yeah, absolutely. I want to go back to the conversation around weight and weight loss when it comes to dating. Obviously, this is a very sensitive topic. A lot of this is, but it's something that I know so many people struggle with. And with dating apps now, it's we have to post pictures of ourselves. And I've gotten a lot of questions over the years of like, you know, I've either I've gained a lot of weight or I've lost a lot of weight, like in terms of what pictures somebody should post versus how they look now. What would you advise? Should people post the pictures where they were 10 or 20 pounds lighter because they feel more comfortable in that, but then they're afraid to go on the date? Or should they post the pictures where they hate how they look in the pictures, but maybe that's how they look now, but they're still afraid to go on the date. Like, what right. do you see people – like, how do you see people navigating that situation? Yeah. So I think the best answer to that is to find the balance, right? I don't think we should be posting the pictures from 10 years ago, say, yeah. if you don't look like that. Um, But I also don't think you need to be posting the picture that you don't feel good in, Mm -hmm. right? So my advice actually, and I have another client of mine that I'm thinking about this, my advice is to go out with a friend that you feel good around, dress yourself up in whatever makes you feel good, and take a new picture. Like you don't want to look at a picture and be like, ugh, I hate how I look in this picture because that comes across, Mm -hmm. right? But you want to – feel good enough, right? Because you don't want to feel horrible. You don't, maybe you're not going to feel great right now. Like let's, you know, it's fine. We don't have to feel great. But I want you to feel good enough in it because that's a picture you're putting out into the world. 
right? You don't want to be choosing your worst picture and you don't want to necessarily be choosing an old picture if you don't look like that. And I hate to say that because it shouldn't be about body shape, size, appearance, but unfortunately it is, right? That's the, that's these apps. You can't not post a picture. I get it. I remember when I entered the dating world um, a while ago, I, I really didn't want to post a picture because I'm in this field. Right. I like really felt strongly like you need to like me for me and everything I write about myself and who cares what I look like. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to do that, but I couldn't because right. I knew I would never get a date. Yeah. You know? I actually, I pitched when I worked at Hinge. I was like, what if we made a version of Hinge where there were no pictures yeah. and people were genuinely matching based on what they were saying in their profile? Yeah. Even were, having like a video piece. Yeah. I mean, not video. Or, I'm sorry. Oh, no. I, that's what I was thinking. Like, like share. I think your, that would be so yeah. special. And they said no, right? And it was not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what I'm thinking. Like maybe share, like having a conversation, like almost like a pitch, like your elevator pitch mm-hmm. or something, but vocal, like hearing yeah. it. But I, I really wanted to not do it because I know, I mean, I know what people do. We we all do it. We're human. You know, we're, there's research studies that show that people, unfortunately, are more attracted to certain body types, right? But, but it's tough. So my advice would be make yourself feel good enough. Um, and, and for many times, and once again, I'm thinking of another client. I'm like, put on your makeup, put on your earrings, you know, like even just sit at home and do your Zoom calls all day. It makes a difference when you put yourself a little, like make a little bit of an effort, you know. And this is why what we wear matters. And I, I have a colleague that we joke about this all the time. But it's so true. I mean, if we – wake up and keep our pajamas on all day and don't do our hair, don't do our makeup, don't do anything, how do we feel? It's all related. We feel yucky. Like I'd rather stay in bed. But if we get up and at least get a little bit dressed, maybe, I mean, I get it, we're on Zoom, um, but like a little bit, we instantaneously feel better. So, you know, I think being mindful of the clothes you're going to wear, how you're going to present yourself in the picture, and the same goes for dating, right? Like I tell my clients, do not wear clothes that are too tight. Yeah. Because then you're going to be thinking about how your clothes are fitting the whole time. Don't yeah. feel clothes that are too big because then you're going to feel kind of schlumpy. I, I hate that this is a thing, but I've recently started to understand the concept of standing jeans. Don't wear your standing <laughs> jeans when you're going to be sitting. <laughs> yes. I haven't heard of that term, but I love but it. you get it. It's yes. like jeans that they yes. look amazing when you're standing, but you cannot sit down in them. Like, totally get we it. We don't need those. Right. We don't need those. Or you do the squat or the sitting test, yes. which I don't know if people still do that anymore, but that's what we all did in yeah. college. Yeah. Yeah. But no, absolutely. You need to wear something that you feel good in and that you can be present and not in your mind thinking about how you're feeling because your jeans aren't feeling right. Yeah. I but love do that, that with your pictures. Yeah. I think that's great advice for pictures. I completely agree. Like get a friend that you feel comfortable with and, and even say to your friend, like, listen, I need you yeah. on this day. We're going to do this. I need you to hype me up. I need you exactly. to help me feel good. And we're going to have a good time with it. I can, yeah. like, you can do it for each other too. Exactly. And I also like, think, have fun with it. Yeah. I also think the idea of having, that go-to outfit, yes, that, like one or oh two gosh. outfits that you know you put those on and you feel confident. Yes, you can wear the same exact outfit on every single first date that you go on. Wait, I did it. I just got rid of it actually. Wow, rest I was in going peace through my closet and I was like, outfit. oh my god, this was my first date you outfit. Retired it. What was yes. it? Yes. So it was a sweater because I was working at the hospital, so I had to look a little more presentable. Mm. It was a sweater dress with, well, I guess it was my winter first date outfit because it was like knee-high kind of boots and a uh-huh. sweater dress. Love. But yes, that was my first date outfit. And, and it was yeah, great. It was great. Did you wear it on your first date with your husband? I did. 
Yes. It worked. It, it did work. I wore it on a lot of first dates. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but that one worked. That was the last time. <laughs> yes. But you can. I mean, and mm-hmm. have even these, like, even if you're in a relationship, I tell people, like, you have your uniforms. Yeah. You know, like, it's your go-to for, for X, Y, Z. But, like, have your first date outfit. Have your, I think I had a first, second, and a third date outfit. Why not? Because have it, like, you don't want to think about it. No. The key is to take the thought process away. Things are hard enough as they are. Let's make them simple. This is your first date outfit. Maybe you switch out the top or the shoes based on the weather. Your second date outfit, your third date outfit. Great. After that, be comfy. (laughs) You know? I I think it really makes such a difference. And I've been the queen of when it was with dating or now with something for work. Like I will absolutely spiral and end up like almost having a panic attack when I – can't find anything to wear or for right. some reason a sweater that looked fine on me two days ago I'm like I look horrible in this I, this is so embarrassing I can't wear this like right. why why does everything look horrible on me like why aren't my clothes working for me what's happening and then I'm like I can't go right it's so common what you just described with anything yeah it's like one thought just snowballed yep. into well now I'm not going yeah right not it's, capable can't do right. it it's won't true. be me won't be there so, so let's take that work out of out of the yeah. equation yeah. Just have those outfits ready to go. I even have them for my like events that I go to, my speaking engagements. Like I have my kind of go-tos mm. that I know I feel great in. Yeah. Sure, maybe I try it on one day and I don't feel so great, so I swap out the shirt or something. But you have kind of your go-tos, and I think that's really important because if you are not feeling good enough on a date, it's going to show. So once again, our thoughts, emotions, and behaviors are all linked. Yeah. So if we think we don't feel good enough, we're then going to – believe that and we're going to act in that way also and I think if we can make ourselves feel good enough it's it's a magnet right like that energy radiates and I think it's really important that we do feel good enough when we're going on dates you know it's and I like to compare it actually to job interviews like it's so similar job interviews and dating Mm -hmm. and I also like to remind people which I think is, is difficult for a lot of people that it's not just up to the other person Like you also have a choice in this matter. So many of my clients will be like, but I didn't hear back. And I'm like, but you didn't like them. Like that's okay. Did you want to hear back? Right. But, But it feels good, right? It's that immediate instant gratification of I know I'm good enough now because they wanted to go on a second date. I'm good enough, but now they're not. Exactly. Right. (laughs) Even though that's not what we're saying about them. So when they don't want to see us again, that's not what they're saying about us, but that's how we perceive it. Exactly. And it's the same as a job interview though, right? Like you have to make the decision. Do you want this job? Do you want to see this person again? Yeah. And if not, who cares? Like, let's move on. Mm -hmm. Let's move on and put our energy towards something else. I actually love that you brought up the job interview idea because I never really thought of it until this moment, but I feel like there there were times in my dating life where I, I so badly like wanted a partner, but I don't think I was actually ready for a partner because I wasn't good with myself. There were so many jobs that I wanted, but I was never going to get. When I applied and interviewed for jobs that I was like, oh, this job is mine I know I'm good enough for this job. I know I'm right for this job. I know they'd be lucky to have me. I got the jobs. Exactly. It's it's so true. Yes. I talk to everybody about this because if you aren't the way you just described, guess what? It's not a good fit. No. And when you're excited, I also often say this, if it doesn't feel like an interview, 
then you're a good fit. Mm-hmm. If it actually feels like an interview, it could be on a date yeah. or on a job interview. If it feels like an interview, it's probably not a good fit. Yeah. If you're just having a conversation and it's flowing, it's probably a good fit. Versus, and that could be a good match yeah. or a good fit for a job. Versus if you feel like in- intimidated or you have to impress them and you're second guessing everything you said after. Probably not. I'm so could glad be. that we're having this conversation because I have a few, I'll tell you about this offline, but I have a few <laughs> things coming up where this is going to be very helpful for me oh, good. going into them and coming out of them to actually reflect on how I feel, not just like I want this and I want them to want me. Right. So I, I went through that with a job interview actually mm-hmm. and I wanted it so badly and I was like, wait, this is like going against so much and and it wasn't a good fit. Yeah. And yeah. hindsight. Right. Yeah. So smart. Didn't yep. do that. Yes. <laughs> yes. But, but it's so important to remember that because I think so many people and, – and this is – and I hear this often when people have goals, which which I'm all for goals, mm-hmm. but when people have a goal to find a partner, to get married, to have kids, not that you need all of those things, but if that's what they want, I think people kind of, and I know I'm moving the microphone, but people kind of think in this like very na- right, narrow-minded. That's success and nothing else is. Right. But then when you actually open that up a little bit and you're like, but is it really just about finding the partner? Or do you want to find the right partner or the person that's going to make you happy or the person that's going to be a good partner, a good father, you know, all of these things? It gets more complicated for sure. But then you have to be more intentional about who you're dating. And maybe then you're a little more selective. And then you'll understand, you know what? I could have a second or a third third date, but it's my choice because it's not the right fit. And that's what I'm having now with some of my clients actually. I'm like, yes, you could have had 100 dates. Mm-hmm. You could be with a partner. You could be married right now. Yeah. But because you know what you want, you're not. And that's what you have to remember. And I think that's hard to do when you're comparing yourself to all of your friends that are getting married, having babies, all these things, and yeah. you're not. You could also have that, but probably wouldn't be happy Yeah. because it would be the wrong fit. I was having a conversation with somebody this morning who is – probably like five dates with somebody and and they really like them and it seems like the person really likes them too and this person's really scared now because they've never gotten to this point. They've gotten to like further dates with somebody and it hasn't worked out but never this point where they feel like this could Could be be a match. Which is scary for people. And had it work out and I'm like, well, but think about all those people that it didn't work out with and how glad you are that it didn't work out with them because you saw their true colors and we know that we never would have wanted to be with them. Right. But that doesn't that doesn't make it feel better because right. it's still scary. It's like, well, it's right. either going to work out or, or we're going to end up in pain again. Right. And I think, you know, that's what's also difficult with dating. It's either it's going to work or, or it's, it's not. not. There's really it's no – It's not going to work out right. a lot more than it is. <laughs> exactly. There's no really that middle ground. Yeah. But if you also think about like this is what you wanted, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that's easy to also forget because it does get scary. Why does it get scary? Because it's new. It's different. And and this is something I I like to say. Uncertainty doesn't automatically mean worst case scenario or disaster. So like just because you don't know if it's going to work out doesn't mean it's not. Maybe more times than not, it hasn't worked out, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're feeling good and you really like this person, you know that this person really likes you, it's okay that it's scary. It can be anxiety provoking and it can be overwhelming because it's new, it's different, it's change. Mm-hmm. We like familiarity as humans. We want things that are familiar. It's scary to not know what's going to happen. But what if it does work out? I was just going to say that. 
Instead of automatically going, what if it's not going to work out? What if they're going to ghost me? What if this? What if they don't? What if it does work out? That'd be pretty great if that's your goal and you want to, you know, and you've worked so hard to get it. Yeah. It's so hard to think that way, but it's so true. Yes. It's so true. But we have to believe it. We do. And we and we deserve to have that work out. Absolutely. And we deserve to be happy and to de- we deserve to meet our goals and and have what we want to have. Yeah, absolutely. I have a bunch of listener questions, but there's one I want to really make sure that we get to. And we might have to save the others for another for another day. Perfect. Can you talk about picky eaters slash a limited diet? I have a limited diet and it's a huge hurdle for me when it comes to dating. I've had guys break things off once I mention it. I've had guys that just don't understand it. It seems trivial, but it really affects my dating life that I can only eat certain foods. So, yes. So first to this person, um, just if you're listening, I'm sorry that you're you're going through that and that you've had bad experiences Mm -hmm. with dating with it. But something that you said I'm going to go back to before, which is you don't want to be with somebody that's going to be breaking off a date or is annoyed by this or or anything like that. You want somebody to be supportive and by your side. So as much as it's really hard in the moment to accept that, of course, in the long run, it's better. And you'll see that when you have a partner that's supportive. But I would say, um, you know, once again, I, I think maybe choosing the first few dates not around food might be a better option, right? So like really start to get to know somebody before you have to share this necessarily or before it's shown. Um, And then to, you know, if you want to be vulnerable and and open up and share it at a later point, I think is fine. But it can be tough because once again, dating often revolves around food. Mm -hmm. But in the long run, and I think that's really important to remember. Um, And another thing is you could find a partner that is fully supported or supportive and help you in a way yeah. if you want help. You know, obviously, I don't want to say help necessarily, but if you want to become less of a picky eater right. or if you want to try new foods, you know, we need to be comfortable and feel safe in order to try things that are new and different. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's really important to remember too, you know, and maybe even we were talking about the uniform with clothes But I think many people also have their go-to dating spots. Like have your go-tos that you know that there's something on the menu that works for you that you don't have to look – you know, I don't want to say that somebody looks picky, but you know what I mean? Like you don't have to do that. You can just be more comfortable. And if we're not comfortable or feeling safe anytime but on a date, that's going to also be anxiety-provoking. Yeah. And with that, like let's say they suggest a place and let's say you're vegan or you're – celiac whatever it is and you look at the menu and there's nothing you can eat there just say to them like oh I've actually been to that place a few times lately or like I've heard some mixed reviews what about this place that is nearby that I've heard awesome things about and I've been dying to go to right yeah and I think that's great you can always you know offer another suggestion Mm -hmm. and I think also like just looking at the menu in advance kind of knowing you know and if, if you feel comfortable going you know just have picked out what you want and, and be ready to go. Yeah. I did a post, re- not recently, a few months ago about a friend of mine had somebody unmatch her on Hinge because he saw her say something about being gluten-free. And I was like, good morning to everybody except the guy who just unmatched my friend. Amazing. I, I think I saw it. It went completely viral with millions of views and thousands of comments. Maybe I didn't see it then. People got in so many fights 
so many people commented being like, well, he has a point. Or like, yeah, I would never date somebody oh who's gluten-free. Gosh. Like, there were so many comments like that. And then it, those were followed by so many comments of people being like, me, a celiac person, reading these comments and losing all hope in right. society. Well, and that's what I was going to say. It is so sad, so sad. because people horrible. don't realize – not everybody is on that, you know, bandwagon of I want to go gluten-free because they want to. Yeah. You know, there's many people that struggle. To. Right. And I think, you know, and I often say we don't have post-it notes plastered on our forehead telling people what we're going through and what yeah. we're struggling with. And I think we all have to be kind and mindful of that, that, you know, some people have to do certain things for a reason. And and it is sad. And I, you know, I feel so bad for the people that are on restrictive or certain diets because they have to um you know they don't have a choice their bodies are telling them that this is not good for me yeah and it's so sad to think about because it's like think about how many people get into relationships and maybe they wouldn't have wanted it wouldn't have been their preference to date somebody who can't eat gluten but they date somebody they fall in love with somebody and then a few years later suddenly they can't eat gluten anymore they're not gonna break up with them right Exactly. Even if they're like six months in or a few dates in and suddenly. Well, we would hope not anyway. Right. Like <laughs> those things like. like They happen. So many things happen. Right. That's not anything about right. somebody's personality that doesn't define whether or not they would make a good partner. I get it if like if your whole life is about food, your job is about food, you want to travel the world and eat different food and like those are right. your priorities. But if you're just a normal person who eats. Well, and you know what? I'm even going to take that one step further. Because even if your whole life is around eating or around food, be curious. Ask. Ask the person, you know, maybe not right away. Like, don't be intrusive. But I would be curious, you know, like, ask what's, you know, like, oh, do you have a disease? Do you have something like Mm -hmm. why you can't eat that? You know, tell me. Once again, I go to that. Tell me about it. But, you know. Like, how long has it been going on for? Like, that sounds like that must have been really hard for you. Exactly. Be human. Right. And, and maybe it's a choice. Maybe it's something, you know, and maybe it's a, there's a valid reason. Yeah. Maybe not, but maybe it doesn't need to be the breaking point, yeah. you know, like it doesn't need to be, I'm not going to go on a date with somebody that this, but unfortunately there's a lot of people out there that do have their checklists. Yeah. I mean, my clients have them too. Yeah. And we try to loosen them up a little bit. You know, let's not be so specific. Like, we, we want to be picky in a positive way. We want to like be intentional with the person we want to be with, but maybe we need to loosen that, that checklist a little bit. Yeah. I think everyone's checklist can use a little uh, unbuttoning. Yes. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Oh, this has been amazing. I don't want this to end. One final question for you. And this is my favorite question to ask. Oh, I don't know what it's going to be. You're going to be great. Okay. What is the best piece of dating or relationship advice you've ever received or have to give? So it's something that I told myself when I was dating that I tend to tell all of my friends and most of my clients as well is to try to go into the date as if um, you don't care. Like just go and have fun. What is the worst thing that can happen? You have a funny story to tell your friends. That's what I always – I loved dating actually. Being a psychologist, of course I did. I loved meeting people. But I just remember I was always like, you know what? I have a funny story to share. Like, I'm not going to care. Like, try to care a little bit less, I think, is the best advice. Because we get so in our heads. And like like before, like, now all of a sudden you're going to cancel the date because you can't find the outfit that feels good. But just care a little bit less. 
you matter. I'm not saying that 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 gets minimized. You matter, but care a little bit less about it. Go and just try to be present and have fun. And whatever happens, happens. And know that they don't care about your outfit nearly as much as you do. It's so true. Especially if you're a woman dating a man. And they're probably they have no not, idea what you're wearing. It's it's true. <laughs> I I think I remember is actually I do exactly what my husband wore on our first date, and he probably has no idea what my first date outfit was. Yeah. <laughs> but and they also don't care what you're ordering. They don't. Just order something. Yeah. If you order a burger, they'll probably be like, "Wow, this girl's awesome." <laughs> exactly. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Exactly. Just have fun. I love it. Have fun. Yes. Rachel, thank you so much for being here. Where can everybody find you? And are you taking new clients? I always have to ask. Yeah. You're full, so, so I don't know. I, right. <laughs> yes. So people can find me on Instagram, social media as Dr. Rachel NYC. My website is drrachelnyc.com. I always do like to just tell people I'm happy to get back to DMs and, and any messages I get, but social media is not therapy, but happy to point people in the right direction, give resources, referrals, things like that. I am full. Um, unfortunately, I've been full for a while. That's great. But with that said, if somebody is looking for a therapist and thinks I might be a good fit, regardless, still reach out to me. I can either refer you to somebody else. I have a few. I have an associate slash maybe another one coming on soon that works with me, um, and we can figure things out. Amazing. Yes. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Thanks for listening, daters. I hope today's episode made you feel just a little bit less alone out there, no matter what your status might be. Give your finger a break from swiping and hit that follow and review button instead. And if you have any burning questions or want to share your own dating horror stories, reach out to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com. And in the meantime, keep on seeing other people. Mads, I am obsessed with our brand pillars. You mean vagina sweat, good branding, and being Jewish-blooded queens, Scout? Uh, sure, but not quite. I love that OKSIS podcast and our sisterhood is made up of women who are down for main character energy only, who take care of their mental health, and who are standing in their personal power as entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah. That too, Scout. That too. We should probably introduce ourselves. Hello, everyone. I am Mads. And I am Scout. And we are sisters IRL. Join us on OKSIS Podcast every Monday for some sisterly banter, nourishing mental health, a whole lot of silliness, and inspiring interviews from the raddest female guests in the game. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood!